You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all of this glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real, it's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Mind Your Own Dog Biz Podcast, the only pet dog industry podcast that keeps it real, it keeps it raw, and it keeps it transparent. Today, guys, I have an incredible, incredible honor to be sitting with two very special guests, Dr. Terry Morris and veteran Dan Portaro and his dog, Bailey. It is my incredible honor to have these two guests with me today. And especially around Dr. Terry. I've known Dr. Terry for a few years here. She is based in Durham, North Carolina. And what's very special about Dr. Terry, she is the founder and executive director of this incredible nonprofit, Vets to Vets United, here in Durham, an organization that we support and honor from our dog training businesses to grassroots organization, too. What I love about Dr. Terry, guys, and I want you to listen very closely to this, is she's extremely passionate about the welfare of veterans suffering from emotional and physical disabilities and the animals, the pups, the fur babies that are suffering and euthanized at animal shelters due to overpopulation. She dedicated Vets to Vets United, Inc. to her program to her father who died during his tour of duty as captain in the U.S. Air Force and her sister who served as a captain in the U.S. Air Force. Dr. Terry is also the recipient of the 2019 American Humane Hero Awards. So it's an incredible honor to have both of them here today to share their airways with me and to share their stories and their experiences. So officially, welcome, Dr. Terry. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, Bailey, if you're around. Hello, guys. Hey, you're right here beside me. Good morning, Bailey. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. I'm I'm very, very excited. Um, so I gave a great introduction to Dr. Terry. So Dan, do you want to fill our listeners in a little bit about you as much as you want? Uh, yeah, I just don't know how far to go back. Um, it's your platform, dude. Go ahead and do it. We're here for you. Okay. Um, I first met uh, Dr. Terry Morris uh, when she was giving a speech about Vets to Vets United at a uh, organization that my wife is a member of, and that's the uh, uh, Triangle Civitan Club. And at that time, um, I was experiencing some problems. 
But I really didn't know that Dr. Terry Morris was going to be given a presentation on Vets to Vets that day. And that's how I first got acquainted with the organization. Uh, it was about a month and a half or two months later that I experienced an episode uh, here at my home that pushed me to the edge of realization, realization that I needed to get help. So I called uh, my VA, my local VA, where I'm active uh, at the, in the uh, clinic over there for just for medical issues. And I requested a mental health consult. And that was a little over a year ago. And I got into the program and to my surprise was diagnosed with PTSD. The diagnosis of PTSD caught me by surprise. I have been home from Vietnam for almost 50 years. And who would have thought that a man at my age, I'm 70 years of age right now, but be 71 in March, <clears throat> that at this point in my life, I would have to be facing this journey. Um, I can only give kudos and high fives to the therapists that I've worked with at the VA clinic too here in Durham. Um, currently, I'm seeing, working with a third therapist, <clears throat> my third therapist now at the VA uh, in a PTSD program. And due to COVID right now, we meet virtually uh, once a week. And that will probably change if the COVID restrictions ever lift, but that's looking doubt doubtful at this point. Um, what had happened is uh, for years, I, you know, I came home and um, I got married when I went back to school on the GI Bill. And my wife and I raised, raised our family. Um, I've worked total of probably a dozen different jobs in my in my career but during that time it was explained to me that my brain was so busy focusing on uh, activities like getting the house paid getting the kids grown getting them in school getting them graduated uh, getting them now married and got seven grandkids now uh, and after I finished retired from my last job um I sat down and started realizing what, you know, taking account of what was going on in my life. And uh, someone said, you know, you ought to write a book. You ought to write about it. Put it down. That, that might help. So I did. I wrote a book and my youngest son helped me get it published. The title of the book is uh, Second Son, Fortunate One. I'm the second son of a family of five children uh, that come from a Sicilian American family, my mom and dad. My dad's from Sicily. My mom was from the area where we grew up in the Piedmont, North Carolina area. But uh, it seemed to get a little worse. And then I, I got very active in, in gun ownership. I didn't think I'd want another gun and um, ended up owning about four of them. <laughs> I got my concealed carry permit. You know, everything, everybody was getting guns. Everybody's getting their concealed carry permits. And um I went back to the range and got active shooting at the range. And that sort of brought back some memories as well. But it didn't bother me until one night I woke up and didn't realize where I was at. And I had a loaded weapon in my hand, one in the chamber. And um, needless to say, it scared the crap out of my wife. But uh, it was a realization at that point that 
you know, I had to do something because I just really wasn't in control. So as I started my therapy at the VA, one of the doctors there had mentioned a service dog program. And uh, I said, yeah, I would really be interested in and in, um, in that program. It, it might give me something, a dog to, to focus my, my energies on and to focus my, my thoughts on and have someone beside me and looking after me and looking at my body, you know, watching my six for me. And um, he gave me a list of organizations in the, in the area that specialize in service dog training and handling, that sort of thing. The second organization on the list was none other than Vets to Vets United, Dr. Terry Morris. And when I saw that name on the list, I said, man, I've, I've listened to her presentation. <laughs> I already know about her program. So uh, I went, I got busy and I got in touch with Dr. Morris. And of course, come to find out that initial contact with hers, there was a long waiting list. So I had to wait my turn. And uh, my turn finally came uh, August the 15th of this year when Dr. Morris paired us um, with Bailey, who uh, was an adopted dog from Carolina Boxer Rescue. Um, Bailey was not particularly uh, popular within the Carolina Boxer Rescue uh, circles because she wasn't a full-blooded boxer. She's a mix. She's a mix between a beagle and a boxer. She has the body of a beagle. She has the face of a boxer. And it's a face you would just fall in love with on first sight. Um, the first day we met, we bonded immediately. Uh, Bailey came right up to me and, well, we've been together ever since. Um, so I've been in the program with Vets to Vets United now since August the 15th. And um, we have been training with Vets to Vets United along with other veterans who are in the program. Uh, we had a face-to-face -face training yesterday. I think I counted 11 dogs um, at the face-to-face uh, -face outdoor meeting where we held yesterday. And um, all of us are in different stages of development with our fur, fur buddies, our fur friends, and each of us has our own issues to deal with, and each of us has our own reasons on why we are participating with Vets to Vets United. Um, really can't say enough good things about Vets to Vets. It's, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful program. It, it takes a lot of pressure off of the veteran and that Dr. Morris provides through her organization anything and everything that we need for our pet, including medical care. So we've partnered with a local veterinarian just down the road from where I live. And uh, the local veterinarian, in an, in an effort to to help and contribute what they can, and we I think we have some other veterinarian clinics that do the same thing. They have adopted Bailey and, and myself as a team that they will conduct all of the in-house procedures that Bailey needs uh, at no cost, including her medication. Uh, and that's a, that's a, that's a tremendous benefit uh, when it comes to food for Bailey. Um, 
Terry provides all our food for us, all of our equipment, um, any any needs, pet beds, leashes, um, general leaders, halters, collars, you name it. All we got to do is just say, Terry, I, I, I need this or I need that. And uh, she says, no problem. As long as we've got the money, as long as the money's there, we can provide these services for you. And um, that's that, you know, that's the key. It's a charitable organization. We and we operate off of um, contributions from the general public and from grants when we can get a grant um, whenever those are available. Um, so as long as Terry has uh, money in the coffers, us veterans and our pups will be well taken care of. I have no doubt about that. Um, so the biggest accomplishment for for Bailey and myself was we just recently passed our public access test. And that was a big deal for, for Bailey and me uh, because now once you pass the public access test, you get an official, your, your companion gets an official vest that they can wear. It says service dog on the vest and it says in training. Um, the complete training program with Vets to Vets United lasts around two years. We're only three months into it, and we've already got our public access um, vest. And what t- Bailey and I can just virtually go anywhere we want to now. Um, and she is just a charm. She's just really nice to have. And um, anybody that's ever owned a dog knows that they just give love all the time. And uh, they're great listeners. They don't ever talk back at you. They don't ever try to interrupt your conversation. They don't do anything but just sit there and listen. And uh, it's as though they can absorb every word you're saying and also every word you're thinking. Um, she's the best therapy I've ever had. She's the best medicine I've ever had. And I just thank God every day that uh, he showed he showed me the way to um, to Terry and her organization and to Bailey. That's about it. Congratulations on the public access test. I know it's a tough test. Uh, I, Frank, my husband, who's the, who is a dog trainer that's worked with um, Dr. Terry before we've been in those kind of situations, especially over at, I believe it used to be Zoomy dog, but something else, maybe it is Zoomy dogs and preparing the veterans for the public access. test. So that's a big accomplishment, Dan. So congratulations to you and that, Special girl of yours, Bailey. Well, thank you very much. We also have several members of our organization that will be testing this weekend with pet partners um, to pass, to attempt to pass, and hopefully will pass, their pet therapy uh, training test, Mm. which I understand is uh, a lot more rigorous uh, than the public access test, but fairly similar to it. The reason Bailey and I aren't able to do that, one of their basic requirements is that you have to be with your pet for a minimum of six months before you can even attempt to uh, take the handler's test or try to pass the therapy dog test. So since Bailey and I have only been together for three months, uh, we'll have to wait till it comes back around, but that's okay. She just gives us an extra three months to prepare. Yeah. She sounds like a really special girl, by the way. I know I said that already, but she sounds like 
a really, really special girl. And I can just imagine how freaking cute she is with a boxer face and a beagle body. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for sharing your experiences, Dan. It's super powerful. And just, you know, I, I, I don't know if you ever get tired of hearing this, but thank you for your service to our country. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thanks. So Dr. Terry, I wanted to ask you, um, I want to kind of switch a little tiny bit over there and Dan, please feel free to come in because I just love listening to you speak. And I know my listeners are going to love it too. Um, So Dr. Terry, you come from basic, a a family lineage of accomplished and proud veterans. Can you share Dr. Terry, a bit of your family background with the listeners and how it impacts what you do today uh, from coming from a family of us veterans? Certainly. Thank you so much um, for having us. And and Dan, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, We we have um, a few um, military members in our family. Um, As as Dan mentioned, or as you mentioned, I dedicate this program to my father, who was a Tuskegee um, pilot. He's a B-52 bomber pilot, Captain uh, Willis Clifford Morris. And uh, he died during the Cuban Missile Crisis when I was just three and my sister was five and brother was two. I'm sorry, he was one. Um, so though we didn't have uh, World War, uh, we didn't have you know World War Three during that time, we still lost people, um, including my father and five other pilots um, in the plane that crashed um, during that time. And so I dedicated this program to him and, um, as you mentioned, also to my sister. My sister was following in my father's footsteps. Uh, she is also a Tuskegee pilot, and she's a cap- both captains in the U.S. Air Force. And so um, I dedicated this program to them. I also have a uh, uncle who survived the Korean War. Um, he actually was uh, had also post-traumatic stress disorder, but was uh, undiagnosed for many, many years until he got older, <clears throat> as damaged in, in his uh, 50s, 60s, 60s or 70s. So um, it's, it's just really important for um, us to recognize that post-traumatic stress disorder may not happen until much later in life. Uh, so I was, uh, I've done research for over 20 years, and I, I first got my doctorate of veterinary medicine degree um, in 1989, and then after that, I um, started, I did my internship and residency in large animal medicine and surgery, and then finally re-enrolled in school to get a PhD in molecular microbiology and immunology. And then from that point on, I did research for over 20 years. And I really kind of got burned out with research. And I was like, you know, Lord, I pray, is it, Lord, I don't want to see another piece of DNA or a cell or a Petri dish or anything. I just really want to do something uh, where I could see that I was making a difference in the life of someone in need. And... Um, so I was watching TV one day and I saw this documentary about an organization who was, they were using prisoners to train service dogs in New York for people in general with disabilities. And then 
I saw another program and they were using prisoners to train service dogs for veterans. And I was like, wait, I said, we have a huge population of veterans here in North Carolina. And so I did a little research and found out we had close to 800,000 veterans in North Carolina. And then right in the Triangle area, we had close to 75,000 veterans. And we didn't have a program specifically focused on veterans. And I kept seeing these stories of vet- that veterans were telling about how their dogs actually saved their life. And that was it. I was like, okay, that's exactly what we need here. So that's how the program started. And I, I was just so thankful to God for guiding and leading me and showing me what my purpose would be for the rest of my life. Um, and this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, I can see the impact that it makes. We have ups and downs. Not all people should get through the program. Not all dogs get through the program um, because it, uh, the requirements are so strenuous for service dogs, how, uh, for a service dog team. However, when you do see someone who is able to um, get back out and go shopping, I mean, some, some things we take for granted just getting out of bed, getting showered, getting dressed, and getting out of the house is like a huge accomplishment for a lot of people um, who are suffering. And also um, going to a baseball game, going to a hockey game, or just getting out with your family and going have dinner with the family, or taking your kids out to a playground or a park, um, just integrating, just transitioning back into life, doing things that you used to do, but you could no longer do again, uh, is why we, we started this program. And it's just really a blessing and an honor to be able to give back to people, these veterans who have sacrificed so much emotionally, physically, and, you know, and a lot of them, of course, are no longer here. Um, just to honor them and say thank you and do something. You know, everyone can do something to give back. And I was so thankful that God um, led me on this path and showed me that this is something that we can do to not just help veterans, but also help dogs who may be destined for euthanasia. Uh, and that is another reason why I started this program is because um, at that time when we first started in 2012, North, uh, North Carolina had the highest euthanasia rate of any state in the whole country for animals at our shelters. Uh, We are not number one anymore. I think we are number five, Um, but we still have a long way to go on, you know, to get control of the number of animals that are euthanized. These animals that are saved are perfectly beautiful, wonderful, healthy animals, but due to overpopulation, they are are having to be put down. So um, we decided that we, instead of using animals that are bred specifically for this purpose, we decided to rescue animals instead. Um, And even animals that are bred specifically for the purpose of service, uh, a large majority of them are not able to pass all of the requirements um, that are required to become a service dog. So um, we're doing pretty good with the animals that we rescue. And they are, they're just a blessing to have. They're so thankful to be, you know, in the loving arms of a veteran and to be able to share that unconditional love, provide a service, 
and then the veteran to provide them with a loving home for the rest of their lives is just a blessing to see. So that's a little bit of history about how we started, why we started the program and, and why, who, why it was dedicated or who it was dedicated to. And um, I, I'm just so thankful to be able to provide the service. So million dollar question, Dr. Terry, how's Mr. Airborne? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, Airborne. <laughs> a lot of people know Airborne. Airborne uh, has a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Small one. <laughs> yeah. So we got Airborne, and Airborne actually was the reason why we stopped getting puppies. <laughs> we used to get puppies when we first started, and actually every puppy that we got all seven of them will return to my home, not because they weren't um, going to make it through the service dog program, because I think all of them did except for Airborne, um, but because they're really, really hard. You know, um, mm. they're really cute and so cuddly and everything, but they're very, I mean, puppies are hard. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> what a effort to um, get a puppy to a point where they start to calm down and, um, you know, and are able to focus on, on what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, but Airborne uh, flunked all of his tests. He flunked his uh, public access tests, his therapy tests, and uh, of course he could not do service. So he is permanently my baby and uh, my emotional support. <laughs> as, uh, he's got uh, some marbles loose and, and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of compliment each other. <laughs> um, so that's what's happened at Airborne. And I, I, I love this dog to death and, and, and he loves me. And so that's where he is right now. <laughs> Frank wanted to ask that question. He's like, ask Dr. Terry how Mr. Airborne is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Frank was trying to help me with Airborne, but you know, <laughs> he just can't do it. He just can't. He, um, he, he's very vocal and, I was like, okay, this, you know, he just really likes to talk. He's a husky mix, and <laughs> he likes to talk. And um, you know, we got we got reprimanded in a mall when we were training for public <laughs> access one time by the security guard. And <laughs> he's he's a stunningly so to my listeners, he is a stunning dog. Like if you look at him, he's he's almost all white. He's a hus like Dr. Terry saying husky mix mix with a blue eye or both blue eyes. But man, how many sleepless nights Dr. Terry had over that talk. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, Airborne helped us uh, to see, his, his job was to help us to see that we, we don't need to get puppies. It's also hard, <laughs> you know, when you get a young puppy, it's hard to tell what their temperament is going to be like when they get mm -hmm. older. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we found that we don't know what their history is. Mm. It was about six, four, four months old when we, when we got him. We don't know what his history was, but we found out as he got older that he's terrified of children. Mm. Um, and so uh, he would see a child and really just be afraid. And they could be uh, 30 feet away and he would growl and get upset and so we don't know, you know, if, if he had rocks thrown at him or, you know, what they pulled his tail or, you know, what happens to animals prior to, we don't have a complete history. Mm -hmm. So um, when we rescued him, 
So um, we decided that, you know, we want to have animals where we can at least, between one and three years old, where we can at least get a better idea of what their temperament is um, at that age. And still, you know, young enough to be able to train for a couple of years and then provide the service for a, a good amount of time for a veteran. Mm. What I what I love that you shared, Dr. Terry, is that what you do, it's not always like the high life. You know what I mean? It's not always like the before and afters or I call it like the Disneyland effect that you do have as an organization that's doing incredible things for veterans and for North Carolina, especially Durham, is there are ups and downs naturally with the work you do. So I find it incredibly refreshing that you're transparent about that because a lot of times we only see like the, ha- like the happy stories. So yeah. I think it's incredible that you share that transparently. There are kind of those dips in those valleys as well. Yes, there, there are. And those are, those are the hard times because you want every person and every dog to succeed. And, uh, and, and when that doesn't happen, it's really heartbreaking, honestly. Um, and so, um, that's where I get my therapy. <laughs> I, I see a therapist myself because, you know, it's a, it's a hard, hard thing to, to realize. You know, when I first started the program, I was like, oh, we're just a small group. You know, nothing, everything's going to go great. Everyone's going to make it. <laughs> All the dogs are going to make it. I have to. I have to jump in here and and thank Terry for taking the lead when it came to the time for us to search for uh, a dog for myself. Uh, She was very, very clear and compassionate in informing me that uh, you really don't need a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Puppies are a handful. Uh, They are just so full of energy. And at my age, you know, I needed a dog that better set fit my personality and uh when bailey came in she was very cautious to warn me she says now you know i have to give this dog a temperament test and if she fails the temperament test then she has to go back you don't get to keep her so the whole time we were there i just kept my fingers crossed that bailey was going to pass that temperament test (laughs) and she did she did pass it and um having a dog that's well, Bailey's about three and a half, almost four years of age. So she's reached her, her personality has already peaked in her. And she's just a, she just a dream. Her temperament is, is perfectly matched to mine. So, and it takes somebody experienced like Dr. Terry um, to see that and to set you up for success as opposed to setting you up for failure. Mm-hmm. And I thank her for that. Thank you, Dr. Terry. Oh, oh you are so welcome. <clears throat> so Dr. Terry, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is what is what is something that you're most proud of of both Dan and Bailey as they come as they come through the program? I am so proud that Dan and Bailey work as a team. Mm-hmm. Um they both want. It seems like they just really want this. They really want to succeed. Um one of the things that that we do during training is we teach the veteran how to train the dog. So we teach them. We don't expect the dog to behave perfectly during class because we have so many other dogs and veterans there training. It's just a totally distracted environment. And so we are teaching the veteran what to do when they get home. 
what yeah. to do when they go out in public on their own or with a friend, you know, someone who can help them train um, and, and do the activities that we do in class in a non-distracting environment first and then gradually increase the distractions. And so each week we'll teach something new or different or review something from the previous week. And then when they come back, I really want to see some progress. Um, that means you're training at home, which is what you're supposed to do. Dan and Bailey train every day at home. And each week when they come back, you can see the progress that, that they have made. And it's just a beautiful thing just to see how to know how hard they are working. And to see them come back and, okay, from the previous week, they got better. I mean, things are much better each week. I can see that. And so I'm, I'm so proud that they have come so far in such a short period of time already. And I honestly don't think it's going to take two years for them to finish the program. Um, on average, it's about two years. But for some teams, and, and Dan and Bailey are one of those, um, if you take that information home, and work really hard at home and make it fun, um, then you can really get through the program much quicker. So that that's what I'm most proud about. And the fact that both of them are such beautiful people, they're warm, gentle spirits, and um, such a pleasure and a joy to work with. Mm-hmm. So that that is what I'm most proud about. It, it's interesting because the most of the people that are listening to this podcast are dog trainers and they're probably all with you right now, like putting their hands up there. Yes, they're doing the work. (laughs) The the dog, the handlers are doing the work with their, with their dogs. (laughs) It doesn't work. You know, you know, some people will pay a lot of money for training, Mm -hmm. but then they don't reinforce it at home. And, you know, in the end, when they're training, uh, session is over or a set, set of training sessions are all ended and they don't work on it at home, then the, then the, the progress starts to reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they say, oh, I paid a lot of money for training and my dog is not doing what it's supposed to do. And they don't realize that it's on you, the handler, to reinforce the training at home in order for it to stick. So, mm. Yep. I, I know everybody's shouting with agreement here. So Dr. Terry um, and Dan also, I, I'm gonna, I want to get back to you really quickly before I go here. Dan, where can people find your book? Because I, I really want to support you and I want my listeners to support you. Is there a place they can purchase your book? Um, I didn't understand the question. It's okay. I know you wrote a book. Um, where can Is it published still? Can people still purchase it somewhere? The Second Son book? Oh, my, my book. Yeah. Book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Google. <clears throat> you can just Google my name and it'll, the book will come up. Uh, it's published, uh, through blurb, B L U R B blurb.com. And if you go to blurb, uh, you can go to their library and, um, it's just a public, it's a public publishing, uh, website or okay. company and, uh, you can purchase it there. Okay, awesome. What I'll do for the listeners too is I'll go and Google it and get everything linked up so they can just go from there and, and just click on a link and purchase it from you. Oh, we want wonderful. To Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Dan mentioned actually something super important that I want to get back to my listeners is Dr. Terry is funded by donations and grants. 
and the work she does with our veterans, with the animals, you know, like you're saying, I, Dr. Terry being here in Durham, I know that incredible, we, we can look at Durham, North Carolina as, you know, up and coming or whatever, because there's a lot of people moving in, but there is still a lot of poverty. There is still a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on with the dogs out here. So one thing I, I want to encourage every single listener out here is if you can check out Vets About United and get involved with their grants and their fundraising and even clicking on their Amazon, their Amazon list would be helpful for them and purchasing through their Amazon links because every dollar you spend goes right back to people like Dan and Bailey. So he doesn't have to worry if there's a medical emergency for her, his dog, his beloved dog. Because that dog basically, guys, is what I hear what I hearing him say is his lifeline is support. So, Dr. Terry, how can the dog walkers and dog trainers and anybody else that's listening support you in other ways? Because we want to get this word out as much as possible. And the listeners, I have listeners in New Zealand and Australia, too, as well. So how can we support you and rally around you guys? That is awesome. Um, <clears throat> as far as dog trainers are concerned, I learned from other trainers. Um, so if we want to connect, you know, uh, even through phone, um, you know, just spending time through Zoom or whatever, we have issues or questions. You know, the way I train may not always be the perfect way for a certain dog or a certain veteran. So if you have experience at training and would not mind connecting, um, maybe we can make a group because there are issues that come up and uh, maybe I may not have an answer to it. Um, and we do have uh, three other trainers who, who work with us um, from, um, and, and we, we would love to be able to. Claire, Claire Reese Glore from Yay Dog, Abel Dog, Elaine Chevalier, and um, Kennels, um, I'm sorry, uh, Linda Tilly from, um, uh, has a training facility in Creedmoor. Um, and so we get together also during our training lunches that we've had, which we haven't had time to, to get back to for a while. <laughs> when we sit down and we talk about issues that may come up, I get ideas that I can bring back to our training classes that can help with some issues that maybe uh, I have not been able to to give good advice on. Um, so. Um, you know, I learn from from other trainers and from friendships and bonds and, you know, that we build. So that would be awesome. Uh, also, if we we have some if you'd like to volunteer, um, then please let us know, because we are in the process now. The greatest need that we have right now, as far as volunteering is administrative work. <laughs> mm. So a lot of people don't you know, they see the dogs and the veterans, and they don't realize all of the background work that it takes in order to keep this, the organization going. Mm-hmm. That's the hard work. And so we, if you'd like to be on a committee, we'd love to be able to send you information on which committees that we are trying to develop in order to report back to the board and help do some of that work, which takes the pressure off of, you know, a few people who are really just wearing a lot, many hats. Um, and we need to take some of those hats off so everybody can focus specifically on what their job is. Um, also, uh, we have some campaigns coming up. We have the end of year, uh, and this can, you know, anybody can help us who's on social media with this. We have the end of year 
campaign coming up and we have Giving Tuesday coming up. And so we'll be sharing uh, that information on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and we would love, all you have to do is just push the share button. The more we can plant the seeds, the more we can grow. Um, mm. so it's not all about collecting money. It's about planting seeds because when you plant the seeds, then you are able to connect with other people with other talents um, who can help you in other ways, who may have other connections. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not all about collecting money. Though money, of course, is important. Um, but it's about planting the seeds. So when we post this on our Vets to Vets United uh, uh, Facebook page or Twitter or social media, if you can just click on that tweet button or share button or just repost it on your own personal or business Facebook page, then that could help us tremendously. And um, it is the end of year. Um, as you know, the pandemic has significantly uh, cut funding for our charity and many other charities. Some service dog training organizations uh, who were local here have actually had to shut down completely. Wow. And so their veterans are calling us <clears throat> to see if they can, you know, finish up their training through our program. In addition to um, over 25 veterans who are on our waiting list right now, waiting to receive a dog, we, we actually had to stop at adding veterans on our waiting list. And um, because it, the need is just so great. So, um, you know, any any of those things or any ideas that you might have um, would, would be wonderful. In the very end, our ultimate goal is to have a state-of-the-art training facility here based in Durham um, so that we can actually house veterans mm. or, you know, temporarily. Um, those veterans who cannot come to training due to distance or do they can't drive due to a physical disability and they're stuck in the house all day, those are some veterans that really <laughs> desperately need to have a service dog but if you can't make it here because we don't have any other branches out in um anywhere except for for durham if, you, if they can't make it here then we can't help them and, mm -hmm. and some of those veterans are desperately need these these animals so if we had a place where we could house veterans or if anybody could open their home up to a veteran <coughs> and allow them to come to our training sessions for about a month and then take that information back home and work on it and then come back again. Um, we're trying to figure out ways in, in order to reach out to those veterans who are not able to, to get to Durham for training once a week. So it's a huge commitment mm -hmm. once a week. Um, we've also had to adjust, you know, due to, to, due to the pandemic to our virtual training. So that is that has been wonderful, and and we're um, we're so thankful to have um, our our two trainers, Clarice Gore and, and, and Elaine from Yay Dog and Able Dog, to be able to step in and say we'll take over this part, we'll do the virtual training part, and then we're doing in person training. Now we used to do it three times a week, and we're only doing it one time a week now. And just praying, you know, practicing all of the COVID-19 social distancing 
so that um, and, and all of the protocols, <coughs> including social distancing, so that we can all remain safe. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a huge challenge, and we do we do have veterans who are at risk in our program. And I'm old, so I'm at risk too. Oh, you're not that old. <laughs> I have to echo what what Dr. Terry said about Claire and the other trainers giving up their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not professional trainers. Those of us that are benefiting from having a service dog, we're learning just like the service dog is learning. Mm-hmm. And by going online and talking with Claire uh, through Zoom Zoom meetings uh, with Claire, I've been able to iron out some issues that I've had with Bailey uh, from a professional trainer standpoint. Um, because Bailey has so much beagle in her system, when I go for a walk, that beagle DNA kicks in and her <laughs> nose goes straight to the ground. And it's every little move and every little twitch in the weeds or on the side of the street that that she's after. So I had a little trouble starting with just walking her on a loose leash because uh, she was just wanting to go after every little squirrel and groundhog and everything else. Um, that and just a simple trick of turning a circle. Uh, I couldn't get her to turn, to turn her turn in the circle. But after getting some great suggestions and, and uh, helps from Claire, uh, Bailey now turns a circle. So <laughs> That's a big accomplishment for me and her. Um, also, um, I'd like to give a shout out to a corporate, if I may, if that's okay. Of course, absolutely. I had some um, experience applying for uh, Walmart grants uh, through our church. So I thought I'd give that a shot. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I want to shout out to the Walmart manager over at New Hope Commons here in Durham who came through with a community grant for us. And uh, we very much appreciate it. So for the, any listeners out there that work for corporations or companies that provide community grants, uh, you may want to think about Vets to Vets United. Mm. I, I remember, um, oh God, this is years ago, years ago. I was in corporate years ago. But if anybody who is listening is in corporate, maybe they're looking to transition out into dog training, is most Fortune 500s, they do a grant matching program. So if you donate $100, they usually will donate $100 too. So it's something to look into as well for everybody listening for Best of Vets. Oh, th- thank you very much for, for mentioning that um, because we, we do we have a couple of – Cisco is one of those um, corporations that actually does a matching grant program through their employee giving program. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it makes a huge difference. It doesn't matter how small the donation is, it it, it all adds up. It all adds up and makes a huge difference. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, one thing after I um I actually was trying to think I couldn't think of Linda Tilly's um dog training service and her boarding facility. It's called Falls Lake Kennels. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to make sure they have that in there because she's been uh, wonderful with helping us. Sometimes a veteran might have to be admitted to a hospital. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I need to mention. And so what happens to the dog? They used to all come in my house, <laughs> but you know, we can't, we, we had to find a different way. So if there is any boarding facility who would be willing to um, accept an animal, and Linda's done this many times for free um, because we have limited funding and the pandemic has not helped us. 
if they would be willing to accept an animal and board them for free, if a veteran runs into an issue where they um, they have to be away from their animal, um, please let us know. We, we would love um, to be able to connect with you so that we have an emergency tool when we need it to be able to help veterans and make sure that veterans are safe and in a loving environment if they're unable to um, to have them for a little while. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to actually put this out. I'm going to repeat this because mm-hmm. everybody that's listening to this is is a dog is in the dog world. They serve dog training, dog walking. So if you guys are in the geographical location of Durham, North Carolina, so North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Washington, we're not that far. If you guys ever have the space to welcome a veteran dog, a veteran's dog into your place, connect with Dr. Terry. If you don't know where to meet her, send me an email. You guys know how to connect with me and I'll get you connected to Dr. Terry and her team immediately. So even just welcoming a dog into your home with the experience that all of you guys have would be, you don't know how much you're going to impact somebody's life by doing that as well. So thank you, Dr. Terry, for bringing that one up. That's, that's an important one too. Thank you. And I, and I would like to thank you and Frank and uh, Grassroots Dog Training Business uh, for all of the help and love and support that you all have provided us in the past. And, um, it, you know, we can't do it alone. It takes takes a community of people mm-hmm. that are dedicated and are grateful for um, the sacrifice and service that these, these veterans have made for us in order to even have a business. <laughs> so, you know, to have a veterinary hospital is, or to, you know, it's it's them who, who have allowed us to have the, these freedoms and this opportunity mm-hmm. to um, be able to live the type of lives that we live now. Um, sometimes I say, try to have a uh, veterinary practice in Syria, or you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's, it's because the veterans have sacrificed so much that we are able to have what we have here in the United States. So, um, and then one other thing I'd like to mention is that what vets to vets means. Vets to Vets means veterinarians to veterans united. That's what Vets to Vets United means. And so we want to give a huge shout out to all of the veterinarian clinics around here locally in Triangle area who have actually adopted a veteran pup team. And what they've done is they have um, they have promised to provide a, a lifetime of service uh, of their services free of charge to the team for the life of the animal. And that is huge. Mm. So um, we want to give a huge shout out. They're all listed on our website. Uh, we also have veterinarians who have offered discounted veterinary care. So we want to thank all of you. And, and we need more veterinarian clinics to come on board and, and say, you know, thank you. I would love to, to sponsor or to adopt a veteran and and their their service dog in training and just take care of them. I mean that that is a way to say just thank you for your sacrifice and service. We're going to take care of you for the remainder of the life of your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there are any veterinary clinics that you know of that we can you think we can con- connect with or communicate with, we have a letter that we can send out to them and we'd love to do a Zoom or in person you know, meeting with them if they have any questions to see if they can also come on board and say, we'll take a team. 
my special thanks go out to goes out to North Paul Animal Hospital here in Durham who adopted Bailey and myself. And they are just a wonderful team. <clears throat> Dr. Stell and her group have done an outstanding job uh, with Bailey. We pre- appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dan, Dr. Terry, Dr. Terry Morris, thank you so much for coming on today. I, I, I know everybody is incredibly busy and plus the pressures of the pandemic. I, I truly, 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 on behalf of the grassroots organization too, uh, appreciate everything that you guys do. Dan, again, thank you for your service. Thank you for sharing your powerful story. And what I'm going to do for all my listeners out here, I'm going to link every single thing I can for Dr. Terry, um, including Dan's book too, as well. So you can show support. And even if it's just resharing something on Dr. Terry's Facebook page, like Dr. Terry said, it's, you know, this is something that is, I see this a lot in dog training too, is dog training is not an individual sport. It's literally a community around it. So what Dr. Terry needs is the community to help her keep doing the mission she's, you know, born to do. That's, that's, I always, I always thought that about you, Dr. Terry, like you were born to be in this role. And <laughs> Frank, Frank likes to share the story. And I had to bring him in one more time because he loves to share the story of the time you guys were talking about aggressive dogs and he showed you a scar in his hand. He, and you're like, I don't do that. <laughs> he always shares about that story with you. Yeah. 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 No, we, we, uh, unfortunately we can't help every animal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, if there's anything like that happening, um, um I, I cannot. I don't want to get bit. <laughs> you leave your juice and bites or with would veterinary work. I, I refer them to you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Terry. Thank you. <laughs> and please give Maggie a big shout out for me. Um, she's been of course. And very supportive for us over the years. Um, so, yeah. And also, also Claire, um, I know you mentioned Claire. So to my listeners, Claire is actually the president of Nadoy as well at this time. She's serving as president. She's a fantastic lady too. Um, I plan to have her on very soon talking about hiring stuff and then organizational stuff too. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you very much for having us. And thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Bailey. <laughs> I'm sure Bailey's right at your side right now. She probably heard her name. She's like, what? Hi. <laughs> With her boxer face. Or something. Yes. <laughs> hey, Bailey. <laughs> she heard her name. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh, my God go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm going to only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.